Hello, 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 golf fans. Ooh, I'm pooped, but uh, Big D is back and ready to recap the PGA Championship. Before I bring in the nice special guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see my content. Finally got a winner! <laughs> also, check out the Big D podcast for your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. Well, uh, if if you uh, took uh, either one of all betting of uh, my uh, guest advice, uh, you would have learned that uh, both of us like uh, Justin Thomas to win the PGA. And here to uh, explain why we like JT is uh, my friend, golfing analyst, expert. Uh, it's not Aaron Judge, but it's uh, Tom J. It's uh, Tom. It's Tom. Uh, how are things going for you tonight, mate? Yeah, they're pretty good, buddy. They're pretty good after the uh, win this weekend. If you could guess which player is on the back of this jersey, it's not Aaron Judge, then you would be superhuman because it is not the person that you think is going to be on the back of this jersey. I went to New York in 2018, and this was on a sale rack, and I didn't even know the person played for them. I've got a question. Does he play for the Yankees now? I would have to Google it. Let me have a look. What number is it? What number is it? I'm a baseball junkie. Cannot even remember what number I've got on my back. He does not He does not play for them anymore. Gardy? He, Fred Gardner? He, no, he left in 2020 and now plays in Japan. Oh, gosh. Huh. You got me thinking. Oh, Tanaka. That's it. Masahiro Tanaka is on the back oh, of my gosh. jersey. Hey, he's richer than hey, he's richer than both of us put together. Maybe not if we keep picking winners, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, speaking of winners, uh can you believe eight days ago when we sat together, both of us picked Justin Thomas to win the PGA championship? Why did you like JT at Southern Hills? So we we said to me, we said, oh, no, this is it. We both picked the same person. That's never going to end well. And then I said, no, let's believe in it. It means we're on the right tracks. And here we are. Um, I liked JT because he was playing well enough to win all season. Uh, He was a good passing week away from winning. He was lucky yesterday. I don't think there's any two ways about it. I don't think he should even have had a chance. Um, you know, he was, was he seven shots back going into the final round? Not since Van der Velde at the Open Championship have we had uh, such a margin of a, of a winner in the final round. But uh, in the end, he deserved it, didn't he? He played, he played very, very well on the final day. When everyone else had the kind of same opportunities, Rory McIlroy had the same opportunity, didn't do it. Um, I mean, Rory McIlroy actually only shot one shot worse than that. Than Justin Thomas on the on the Sunday, but um, it felt a lot worse than that. What did he start off with four birdies in the first five holes and then just pump the brakes for the rest of the round? Um, Justin Thomas deserved it in the end, I think. Yeah, and uh, I look at how JT played the first two rounds in windier conditions, a lot like what he did at the players, where he shot 67 67, and those score line that those rounds. Yeah. Well, more impressive than what Zalatoris, Mina Pereira, or yeah. other guys did with calm conditions. 
and Justin Thomas did not give a bleep what the wind was, how fast the green was, how hot it was, or maybe how, or maybe this weekend, how cool it was for yeah. Tulsa. But JT just kept his game plan, kept the steady calm. Even on Saturday, when JT's round went in the toilet, he didn't shoot a, he didn't shoot a 78, 79 and shoot himself out of the tournament. He kept it together. And on Sunday, he made enough shots when it mattered most. I mean, I knew when he made that birdie, I think it was at 11 or 12, that JT that JT was not out of it. I, I just got that strange feeling that JT was, go, was not out of it and could still win. And I'm like, think, is he going to backdoor his way into the Wanamaker? I think but I knew, did. but go ahead. I think he birdied both 11 and 12, didn't he? Yeah, birdie 11 and 12. Yeah. And I knew he needed the birdie 13 and 17. Because so, I was thinking 7 under was going to win him. Yeah. I thought he had to do 13, 15 and 17. Oh, yeah. And he laid up on 13, didn't he? And hit a wedge shot, a pretty good wedge shot, but missed the putt. And then on 15, had a chance and didn't take advantage of it. And then 17 as well. Uh, obviously he birdied that but you know there was a couple of times where I just felt he had the chances and didn't make the parts in it every time he gave me a bit of hope he pulled back again and then all of a sudden it all came down to Mito Pereira on the final tee and there's been a lot of talk about Mito Pereira shouldn't have taken driver off that final tee now the way he was hitting the driver for most of the round most of the week I don't think necessarily the driver was the wrong play it was how he hit that driver. It was such a strange shot to try and hit. He tried to hit this kind of bullet shot. Um, and the follow-through was hideous. I mean, even as soon as you didn't even need to see where it landed, you knew it wasn't good. Um, and it was actually worse than than you know, when the cameras finally got out of it and found it in the creek, you knew that his tournament was over. But um I thought it maybe you could salvage a bogey, but he didn't. And um you know, I felt really sorry for him, actually, because I thought he performed really, really well. I thought he really deserved it. I know it wasn't a good final round in the sense that, you know, what did he shoot? A 75, was it, in the end? Um, 75, yes. And and he, and it wasn't even just that last hole, right? He, he, he made plenty of bogeys. I think he made five bogeys before that double. So, you know, it, it, but it was just he was the best of a bad bunch, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, everyone else was... No one wanted to win it. That was that was the difference. No one except for Justin Thomas had the goal to win it on the back nine. Tommy Fleetwood, Chris Kirk, um, Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. I mean, but 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 with, with with Fleetwood and Kirk, they weren't in it, right? They they played really well to get into the top five. Is the difference? Whereas Thomas should uh, could have won. Zalatoris should have won. Pereira should have won. Cameron Young should have won. Matthew Fitzpatrick should have done better. Rory McIlroy should have won. Like, there's so many people that should have taken advantage. I mean, Rory McIlroy was in the second round was unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, you mentioned John Van Gogh. You know, JT's second shot, 54 comeback, is the third highest, I think it's like the third highest most, Comeback since Paul Laurie overcame a 10 shot deficit in 99 
And uh, let me see if I've got the other ones. Jack Burke Jr. at the 1956 Masters. And actually, JT was eight back after both in the third. Yeah. And didn't he shank it on that hole as well? <laughs> so he, he won he, he won the PJ Championship with a shank in the final round. That's all uh, you... That's you all know. you... Did, did he deserve it, Dylan? Uh, I think... I think is the question. I think yes, in the end. I think he did enough in the end to deserve it. But it really was down to the fault of players that didn't follow through as opposed to him really coming from the clouds. I would I would argue yes and no. Yes for how JT played the first two rounds in the playoff, yeah. but not for how he played the third round or the final round. Because to be honest, I think JT would even say it himself. He'd he did not play well enough on Saturday while Pereira shot under par in, in really untulsa-like weather. Yeah. And to uh, uh, be honest, even though JT won the turn and we all felt great for him, I don't think he really deserved it because you've got to play well for 72 holes. You can't play well for just... 20 holes and then have something bad happen to it. Hope something bad happens to another guy. Yeah, and that, that that's how I feel a little bit. I feel like I've stolen a win here uh, with Justin Thomas as opposed to deserve it. But you need the guys that step up. Zalatoris had the same opportunity, didn't win it in the playoff, right? Cameron Young would have had the same opportunity, didn't do it on the final couple of holes. Now, Cameron Young hasn't won on the PJ Tour. Will Zalatoris hasn't won on the PJ Tour. Mito Pereira hasn't won on the PJ Tour. Matt Fitzpatrick hasn't won on the PJ Tour. And that was the difference. Justin Thomas stood forward, got it done when he needed to. You know, Cameron Young had a chance against the playoff, didn't. Mito could have salvaged bogey, didn't. Um, Fitzpatrick was terrible down the stretch, barring a one chip in. Um, you, you really need to have that kind of winning edge to perform in these major championships. And JT showed that. Yeah, and it also helps, and I think it also helps that not just you've got the experience, but uh, the caddy also showed his experience because Bo, yeah. Jim, because Bones, <laughs> JT doesn't win the PJ without Bones Mackay yesterday. No, and it's kind of like poetic uh, justice that Bones won after you know, being fired by Mickelson or passing ways of Mickelson. The Mickelson winning it last year, but interestingly enough, did you know that? Because oh, I didn't know this. Mito Pereira's caddy was Scotty Scheffler's old caddy that he had fired. <laughs> so if Mito Pereira had won yesterday, the, the caddy that Scheffler had fired would have won the very next major that Scheffler had won. Why the heck, why the heck couldn't Buffer have been in contention? I know. Contention. Then he could have won. Then yeah. <laughs> Taking it from Ted Scott. It's mad, isn't it? It's really mad how this revolving door goes. But... Who would you say impressed you the most, Dylan? This, we've obviously talked about JT, we've talked about Zalatoris. Who was the kind of name that impressed you the most that maybe didn't get the job done but was solid all week? Uh, be honest, I'd argue in a way... Let me see. I mean, I think both Zalatoris is the easy one because he's... I saw you tweet about this that Will Zalatoris has recorded, I think it's five top eight finishes yep. in his major career. Yep, eight, eight major starts. He's made five top eights. Not bad. 
not bad, bad is it? First top eight, first eight. Uh, the, the worrying thing, Dylan, for me is that everyone says that when Will Zalatoris putts well, he's going to win. Well, he putted and he, well. And he putted well in every single one of those major performances, and he doesn't win. So when's it going to happen then? Because it's not happening. Is it the John Rom factor where he's like second, third, second, third, and then all of a sudden you're like, when is it going to happen? When he, is will it going to- he will win, and and I don't know what tournament it's going to be in. I'd like it to be the U.S. Open or the Open, but I don't think it will be after yesterday's showing. Um, he needs to get a win under his belt, and as soon as he gets that win, he is he is the next best profile to do what Scotty Scheffler's done this year. Hey, you know what? With all the Texas golfers, they could they could wrangle they could wrangle up all the majors of one and be majors in that. Group. Well, Dave, Davis Riley was right out there as well, wasn't he? I know he's obviously not from um, he's Mississippi, but um, he he lives in Texas now and, and rooms with Will's Alatoris, and he was there for a good period of time. It was interesting seeing the Wake Forest guys in the next to last pairing yesterday. Well, that that was the thing I thought that was going to help Will's Alatoris. Because they're buddies, they're practice partners. Um, I thought that was going to be a really comfortable pairing for both of them, and, and it just didn't really transpire for either one of them. So uh, obviously, with every golf tournament, there's a winner and there's unfortunately a loser. And uh, oh man, I felt gutted for Mina when he hit that water shot at eighteen. I mean, we've all been there. We we've all gotten the nerves before a big moment, big. Big tournament, and oh man, I felt. I mean, I, I that's how I feel, Dylan, when you asked me to come on the podcast. No, just... no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I know people are going to say compare this with what happened with Vanderbilt in '99, or, or, I mean, Mito became the first guy to double bogey while leading on the 72nd hole of the major since Monty and Phil Mickelson did it on Wingfoot in 2006. But I just take it at, I, I think I would look on the positive and say, Mino, you've played well for 71 holes and you just hit one bad shot. I mean, we yeah. all have bad shots. Tiger had bad shots. Roy had bad shots. JT had bad shots. Hell, Scotty Sheffield and Dustin Johnson didn't even make the cut. Yeah, I think I think you you do. I mean, there was a there was a definite wave advantage. So we obviously didn't know that when. And yet um, the guy, and yet the guy who played in crappier conditions won. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know that right when we picked Justin Thomas. We didn't know that really definitively until probably Wednesday, Tuesday afternoon, probably at the earliest. Um, I think for me, so you once he's had a couple of weeks to look at it, should look at it as a massive positive. Um, that's his second major start. He's never won on the PGA Tour and he had a real chance to win. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to look at it like that at the moment because, you know, that was that was really disappointing. It was really tough the way he lost. Um, and, and it was just the nature of doing it. It was the decision. Um, you know, that, that was the main thing, I thought, was the decision, the way he hit it, not even to, to use driver, but just the way he hit it was was really, really strange. But who did you think was the most disappointing yesterday? Dean, I need to say more, but uh, Mr. McElroy, where was your putter yesterday? Especially on the back nine, because it seemed like you hit the every 
second shelf within 10 feet and I don't remember any burpees. Well, I think, I think the problem with McElroy was the earlier rounds, right? You know, he shoots a 65 on Thursday, strutting around like he owns the place, um, gets to Friday and just does absolutely nothing in perfect conditions, could have made a load of birdies, gets to Saturday, him and JT just stink the house out with rounds of 74. Both of them, you know, in really good positions to uh, to obviously win there. You know, Rory was still only five back after that really poor second round. Justin Thomas was only three back and both of them shoot at 74 and seemingly played their way out of it, you thought, at that point, um, with Justin Thomas sort of just lurking. But uh, it was weird. Rory had the was he, four birdies in the first five holes, I think, Rory made. And then he made a bogey on, I think it was nine, maybe ten. Uh, and then yeah. he just... Six, and then he just did nothing else for the rest of the day, and just that was it. Like he did not make a single birdie after the fifth hole. And you think about all those. I mean, if he'd have gone, if he'd have birdied 12, 13, 15, and seventeen, like you needed him to do to win, he would have won the darn tournament. He would have won it, and that is a lot to ask. Adding those on to the four birdies he'd already made, right? But the problem was he gave himself that much to do again, just like the Masters when he shot the round that he shot the Masters. He had absolutely no chance of winning it and then went and shot the best round he had. And he had the opportunity to do that again yesterday and, and really go low. And he just hit the hit the brakes and that was it. Why can't Roy put it together for all four rounds? Because we saw a great 65 on day one and yet it was early day two on um, game three and what might have been on day four. I mean, that, you know, really and truly, when you look at the, the round, the round of 68 on the final day was only bettered by Justin Thomas. You know, in the field, there was a, quite a few 68s, but the 67 was the best of the day. So he's shot the second best score of the day. It's just, oh, no, sorry, Tommy Fleetwood shot 67 as well. But, you know, he just put himself out of it. He was just he was just out of it after the second and third round, and that was it. He just he just let himself down massively. And I don't know if it was trying to do something in front of Tiger. I don't know if it was dealing with the crowds. I don't know if it's oh I'm in a position to win again, and what do I do from here? It he just he's making winning majors look very very difficult for someone that's won four or five of them already in his career. I mean. Maybe it's the fact that Roy's been there and like contending in literally every tournament the last couple of years, but yet Roy's not gotten over the hump, particularly in the majors. And when you're a top golfer, winning majors is what your season's to find out. So what if you're Patrick Cantley and win the FedEx Cup and get a whole $15 million? If you don't make the cut, if you don't have an appearance in majors, your season's a failure. There's literally no point. He he should be taking the Adam Scott, the Justin Rose, the even Tiger route of just put all your eggs in one basket, win those major championships, and do nothing else. Because he's got he doesn't need to win any more PGA events. Certainly doesn't need to win on a DP World Tour. It probably won't be a DP World Tour the way this carries on. So you know, it, it, he just needs to get these major wins. Like, and it needs to be the Masters because. Until he wins that, he's not going to get that out of his head. Um, I think it showed the pressure. He showed the pressure at the Masters the first couple of rounds. Jordan Spieth showed the pressure of trying to win the, the, the Grand Slam at the PGA Championship. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, 
I am always a little bit disappointed in Roy McIlroy, so I always sound a little bit harsh on him. Um, but I think it speaks volumes of how good he is that he really should have uh, should have done better, especially when you look at the people that finished second and third. You know, Zalatoris, Pereira, Cameron Young, Fitzpatrick, Chris Kirk. Where's Roy McIlroy? You could, I mean, other than Justin Thomas, well, the major winners. Mm. Yeah. There, I mean, there isn't one, is there? I mean, what, do you go down to Justin Rose? Oh, God. 13th? Oh, gosh. That was, that, was the, that was the nearest guy, right? Webb Simpson in 20th? Yeah, I was thinking, like, Webb Simpson's going to put his way to it. He was impressive. That's a good sign for, for Webb Simpson after that 65. And I'll tell you, he was impressive as well. He, he obviously didn't do enough, but it was good to see Ricky Fowler kind of stay in and around the par for the week and uh, finish inside the top 25. He got a little home cooking from his Oklahoma days. He did. Yeah, he loved it. So, um, you know, I think whilst we focus a lot on the, on the negatives, there are some um, positive performances to kind of keep our eyes on. So I thought, you know, Bubba's, Bubba Watson's second round of 63 was incredible. Um, yeah, I just, I thought there was plenty to like. It was just, I mean, Colin Morikawa was disappointing. Brooks uh, Kepka was disappointing. Like, DJ was very disappointing. Obviously, DJ Scheffler, really disappointing. Patrick Cantley, terrible. Um, did Patrick Cantley miss the cut in Augusta, or is my memory foggy? Pretty sure he did. Pretty sure he did. Um, I just don't, you know, I think with Patrick Cantley, and you can't take wins away from people, but I'm going to make the case for you that you can, right? So, Patrick Cantley. They won at Memorial when John Rahm was six shots clear and had to withdraw due to COVID. He then won the tour championship that he had a lead in, um, which he when didn't Rahm, actually shoot. When Rahm actually would yeah. have. Rahm shot the best 72 hole score. So Rahm should have won the Memorial. Rahm should have won the tour championship. And um, you can't take away the fact that he won the BMW Championship, apart from the fact he gained 14 strokes or whatever it was putting that week. So you look at his three wins um, out he of four. He finished T39 at the Masters. 79-71 on the weekend. There you go. This is just... at the players. There you go. That's Patrick Cantlay for you. And watch him probably, and watch him probably win the Memorial next week. Like He's won that Twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, he'll that... win with somebody else test positive. Yeah, he'll probably win once JT's tested positive for COVID on Sunday. Oh, God. There's your early prediction. Um, it was good. What did you think of the course? Uh, I, I, think the co- I think the course was very interesting. It was long, but be honest, the first couple of days, it didn't play that long. The last... Especially Saturday, it played long, but I think the course was fine. It was, I mean, some people say the course led to meter prayer hitting the ball in the water, but I think the course was fine. It was tough, but you know, major golf is supposed to be tough. I mean, you want everybody playing at 25 under. I mean, the fact that, I mean, Justin Thomas won a PGA at 500. So what? Bill won last year. So what? I mean, PJ championships have become harder, yes. But if you end up with a stall winning, I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter, right? And I think if Justin Thomas was or 
you know, Justin Thomas, if Scotty Scheffler, if um, Morikawa, Spieth, if any one of those were in Mito Pereira's position on Sunday, going into Sunday, they'd have they'd have finished at nine under, and you'd have got the score line that that you thought you were going to get this week. It was purely because the guys that were at nine under and six under and and all those sort of things were inexperienced. They were an inexperienced bunch of players. They didn't have the the necessary experience to lean on into the final round of a major and they came backwards and Justin Thomas rose up a little bit and that was it. And and that was as simple as that. And that is all the all that happens at a major championship. You see these people climb to the fore at the end quite often. And uh, you know, the, the true true players, I mean look, Justin Rose 68 on the final day. Um Roy McElroy, 68 final day. Tommy Fleetwood, 67 final day. Like real stars seem to step forward in these major championships, uh, whether they're off the pace or not. Cyril Hatton, you know, some of the best players in the world have, have hit the best rounds on the final day. So, kind of says what you need to say, I think. And by the way, Cyril Hatton, shut up and stop complaining about the golf course. Otherwise, I, I can't believe he shot level par because he hates everything. He hates the absolute world. I can't believe he made the cut. I definitely would have had him to miss the cut. Um, I mean, I, I heard him like complaining about the golf. I was like, this is a crappy shot of all this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Cyril Hatton has never found a golf course that he likes. Except his own course. Yeah. Or, or, or St. Andrews. Wait Seems... till St. Andrews is flowing 40 miles an hour, then go get it, young fella. Yeah, he won't, he won't like it in the, uh, in the major. But uh, he likes it for the Dunhill links when he can shoot twenty five under par. Didn't he win? Didn't he win the? Uh, speaking of win, didn't he win the? Uh, what was the Honda Honda Bay Hill two years ago before COVID hit? He won Bay Hill. Okay, and that was it. And that was a win effective week because I'm a Florida guy and we got win all that week. Yeah, he was four under that week. Like he should be able to win at these tough courses. When you look at his DP World wins. 23 under par downhill links, 24 under par downhill links, 21 under par Italian Open, 20 under par Turkish Airlines Open, 19 under par at Wentworth, 18 under par at Abu Dhabi. I think we know what kind of setup Tyrrell Hatton likes. Yeah, and that would be, yeah, and that would not involve a major. Yeah. That would involve whatever tournament was the week before the PGA, the Charles. Byron Nelson. Byron Nelson. Yeah, we've got Charles Schwab this week, haven't we? Uh, yeah, Colonial. So that means somebody's getting the uh, jacket. Yeah, yeah, it does indeed. That that horrible check jacket. <laughs> Not quite my green jacket, though. No, no, I much prefer the green jacket. I need to get myself one of those green jackets, actually. Yeah, so green jacket, yeah, maybe get it for like St. Patty's then. Yeah, we can get something to live out. Um, but that's it. I think, you know, I think ultimately, Dylan, we were right. We got the player right. Um, think his play on the first two days and how he played on Sunday just about warrants the victory. Um, the Saturday was bad, but... It was bad for everybody. Yeah, and he made up for it, I think, is, is the most important. Whereas others didn't, he did. Um, so he did it. He and, I know what just, and I know what JT's favourite number is now, 67. <laughs> yeah, probably. I would have thought so. Um it was cool to see. I, I don't mind Justin Thomas. I think he's had he's had some bad luck. He's had some bad um you know moments last year and the year before. So um 
yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy for him. Yeah, so thanks for hopping on, Tom. Uh, we wish uh, you not in force well in the uh, championship playoffs Sunday at Wembley. Uh, who are you all facing there? We are playing Huddersfield Town, who okay. have been in the Premier League uh, a couple of times in recent years. Years uh, ago. Yeah, and we need to uh, we need to be there now. We this is the first time Nottingham Forest have been to Wembley since I've been alive. Golly! And so I was born in 1993, and the last time that Forest were at Wembley was 1992. That's probably the last. Well, I'm July of 92, so maybe. Yeah, you 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 were born after Forest were last in the, at Wembley, and. The first ever game I went to when I was six years old was the last time we ever played in the Premier League. Who was the opponent? Leicester City. We we won one nil, but we were already relegated. Oh gosh. And we had and we and we beat Leicester one nil, and we were trying to sing for Martin O'Neill because Martin O'Neill was the manager of Leicester, and he was a former player of ours, and we wanted him as our manager. <laughs> we just got relegated. Why was he going to come to us? <laughs> Uh, and we've never been back to the uh, Premier League since. So it's a pretty important day. Yeah, a couple hundred million dollars or million pound day. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a 140 million pound tournament now, I think. Ooh. One game. Bad news for Burnley, though. Yeah, well, well, I do not, with all the respect in the world to Burnley, I do not want to be playing them next year. <laughs> Well, good luck to you guys, and hopefully instead of playing Burnley, you'll be playing Leicester City in the Premier League again. What, a, what about Chelsea, buddy? When that happens, we can uh, we can have a nice podcast on it. Amen to that, Bubba. I like them apples. <laughs> Pulisic against uh, Nottingham Force was yeah. Pulisic's there. Hopefully we don't send him to Juve or Porto. No. Well, hopefully he doesn't score against England in, you know, Six months time, whatever it is. Oh, he, he might not score, but Brendan Harrison will score. <laughs> there you go. Whoever it is, we're we're winning the uh we're gonna win the World Cup. Oh, that sounds like that sounds like you want to track shop now. <laughs> <laughs> That's one that you can clip up for later. Oh, I might. 